Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, the episodes that we can crank out when we can. Been pretty busy. Uh, like I said, full ba- last time I could do an episode, basketball is in full swing for high school, so it takes up a lot of time. So whenever I can hop on here and do this, I'm going to. Um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Illinois Final Line versus Missouri postgame. Illinois, just a few minutes ago of this recording, just got done playing Missouri in the bragging rights game, and Missouri put a whooping on the Illinois fighting the Illini, winning 93-71, to and it wasn't even that close at times. We're going to discuss the game, what led to Missouri winning, and we're going to jump around. Does it have anything to do with how the transfer portal is working um, at NCAA, and may have to do a whole other episode on that. And then to continue to discuss people's take on Coach Underwood and, in my opinion, how wrong they are with their takes on Coach Underwood. And once again, back to Illini fans and how they handle football. Same thing with Illini fans with basketball. Just go root for another team if you're not going to sit there and remember where we came from. But we're going to get into that. Illinois men's basketball just literally few moments ago got done with playing Missouri and Missouri this is the best Missouri has probably ever played in their entire I don't even I'm not going to say their entire existence they've had a lot of good players they've had some good teams um we've watched if you're an Illinois fan you've watched the Illinois Brian Reds game with Missouri for years they've had good teams they've had good competition they've they've done great but this was one of the best hard, not even hard, the most effort I've seen a Missouri team give in a long time. And they just came to play. Now, there were some moments where 
I always say God is shining down on what's happening. And what I mean by that is you could just throw up a shot with your left hand with your eyes closed and somehow it's going to hit the backboard, hit the rim and go in. That's when God is shining down on your shots. And Missouri just couldn't miss. They couldn't miss a shot uh, tonight whatsoever. Beginning of the game, middle of the game, even at the end. When they started to get other players in, they started to hit every shot they could. Um, Missouri was giving Illinois problems at the beginning of the game. Um, they were jumping into a zone defense, which they even said, like, you don't really see Missouri hopping into that type of defense all the time. And what started to happen when they were jumping into that zone, you were seeing – at least from high school perspective, we always say, okay, this is a 1-2-2, two, two, but you'll also say, oh, it's a 3-2. It's it's similar, but in a 3-2, you have literally more of the two guys at the elbow up with the guy up top, the way they move, the way they trap, the way they rotate down. You know, in a 1-2-2, two, two, you mainly have, if the ball gets to the corner, that main block guy runs out there, the opposite block runs opposite block, the top um, – you have a couple ways. The very top guy drops the elbow. Elbow guy drops back. Or he comes over. He comes running down. That's kind of where the differences come in with a quote-unquote 3-2 and a 1-2-2. You saw Missouri do that. And what happens in a zone defense is when you're on offense, it takes pass fakes. It takes movement. It takes overloading a side and then looking to get the post up. And then you can shoot people out of a zone, but you're looking to attack the lane. You're looking to get some ball movement, um, not necessarily always cutting and moving. You can. There's ways to do that. Um, but you also want to hard pass fix move, drive to the lane, kick out. Um, not just – just you don't want standing around all the time. There is – that doesn't have to be everybody moving. Um, for an example, if it's a 1-2-2 two, two, um, or that 3-2, you can look at, you know, having two guys up, one in the middle, two out – or, you know, however however you want to set it up. And when you pass one way, guy moves here, guy moves here, you're looking to pass, dribble up, get them to move into the middle, those type of things. And that's just from a high school-level perspective. Um, so the beginning of the game, you just saw Illinois standing around too much. You saw just chucking up shots. They were selling for the threes. They had close shot clock violations because they weren't moving. They weren't full-on attacking the lane. Um and then on defense, the lack of communication, quote-unquote, that you were hearing on TV, that's what it looked like. It looked, We're not there on watching on TV to hear them talk. We don't know necessarily what they're saying. But just from the looks of it where a guy's getting backdoored, well, that's just lazy. But then when they're switching on defense and there's no communication of who's got who, that that's where Missouri was getting open. But again, they're hitting every single shot. The closeout wasn't great. Giving up offensive rebounds at the beginning to Missouri – it just – those were the type of technical things that you were seeing in the first half. And then as it starts to go on, then you start to see Illinois' youth come into play, which has been a discussion of this year of the freshmen were playing and experience playing time that they have. That starts to come out. Illinois might be – someone told me that they were the second youngest team in the NCAA. They are one of the youngest teams in the entire NCAA. That includes all divisions, I believe. And so being one of the youngest teams, age-wise, experience-wise, shows. 
It has shown in a couple games they've had this year, and it showed tonight. Missouri, one of the oldest teams, and not one of the oldest teams of being recruited and building the team up with recruits, oldest in age, playing experience. You're getting grad transfers. You're getting these seniors. You're getting everything else from this transfer portal deal, which we're going to get into after we conclude talking more about this Illinois versus Missouri postgame that um, that we're talking about. Sometimes the more experienced team, the older team, not necessarily talented, but older, sometimes can get the younger team. They can get them pushed back and can outplay them. And what I mean by that is when you're an older team, you've seen it all. You, you've seen types of defenses. You've seen how people are going to play you. You've seen these offenses you know how to communicate. When you're a young team, you're learning how to communicate with each other. You're learning how to work with each other. Now, this Missouri team, I'm not saying they've been together, but when you're an older player, you can figure out pretty quick how to communicate with other people because you've had to do it for so long and figure out pretty quick how you're going to work together. I'm not saying Missouri's a good team. They're 10-1. and one. They have a weak strength of record. And it's just one game that us Illinois fans kind of have to remember that it's one game. But we also think of we're preparing for, well, if a team's going to do that to us like Missouri, what are the Big Ten teams going to do to us? And we're, you know, as fans, we're preparing for that. Um, But age means a lot. If you're 18, 19, 20 years old going up against 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds, because we're still dealing with some of the effects of COVID, we're dealing with all these, you know, players getting these extra playing playing years. It matters. It matters. It's it's funny, you know, um the younger guys could be faster than the older guys, but the older guys understand how to play basketball. Like sometimes the older guys like if you go to a YMCA and you're a younger guy, you go in there and you see a team full of Older people, and I'm not talking about 10 years older or 15 years older, just older guys. Maybe you're more athletic, but they know how to play that quote-unquote old man basketball, fundamentals, where to move, how to attack, where to shoot, how to shoot. You know, it's very similar to that. Um, But that was just how the beginning of the game went, and once it started that way, Missouri just never took their foot off the gas. Playing that zone, switching back to a man, going back to his own, just hitting every shot really helped Missouri get there. Then Illinois' youth, where how do you combat this? Now, they were, they've been down in games, have come back, so it's nothing new, but when it just continues, and then you're not hitting shots, you're selling for shots. And on offense, again, it's just the entire game you saw. Illinois stood around too much. Um, it reminds me of coaching of high school where I'm telling guys, cut pass cut however coach underwood's offense is going these are things that you have to do you can't just stand and watch can't stand and watch a guy just hold the ball and don't move you can't watch him dribble not get open and and move however however whatever offensive play he calls whatever type of motion offense you have where you're just playing basketball you can't stand there and not move it does no good to the guy holding the ball it does no good um, with the guy dribbling and so just too much staying around, too much letting the crowd get into it. Um, this is a technically almost a home game for Missouri because you're in St. Louis. 
And so the crowds there from Missouri, I mean, there's a lot of Illinois fans. Um, the weather being the way it was, Illinois fans probably, as many could not get there. I'm guessing. Um, but then once that happened, it was just a spiral down. Um, but one of the things that you saw was turnovers. Illinois just kept turning the ball over. There was really no sense of urgency. I thought Missouri just flat out played tougher um, than Illinois. They were tougher in trapping. They were tougher in playing in front of them on defense. They were tougher than them in rebounding. Just every aspect of it, they were confident shooting the ball. They were confident everywhere. Um, you know, if you're going to look at stats, Illinois shot 40% from the field. Missouri shot 59.3. Three point. Illinois was 7 of 31. They took 31 threes. Missouri took 20. They were 10 for 20. So Illinois was just chucking up threes left and right. Now, some of those threes came at the end or near the second half when they're down. You know, they were down 51 to 27 and a half, and they had to come in and try to score. Now, they, they outscored Missouri 44 to 42 in the second, but just too little too late. Um, rebounds, Illinois ended up getting um, a decent amount of rebounds because of all the shots they were taking. They got 19 offensive rebounds and 18 defensive rebounds. Missouri got 19 defensive rebounds and 9 offensive rebounds. Uh, Missouri had 23 assists to 10 assists for Illinois. Missouri also had 13 steals. Illinois only had 6 steals. Um, so total turnovers for Illinois was 17. Missouri, 10. Turning the ball over 17 times is not going to get you a win. Um, the largest lead Missouri had was 35 points. So this 93-71 to 71, uh, win... It wasn't even that close. Um, you you saw guys for Illinois that you need for you to play well, just did not play well. Um, Coleman Hawkins did not play well. He turned the ball over. and I, I, I'd have to find the, the full stats on that, but I feel like he um, – oh, yeah, right here. I apologize. I read it wrong. He had six turnovers. I just watched him turn the ball over left and right. Um he was two for six or two for eight shooting. He only had four points. And so watching one of these guys that's supposed to be the leader of your group, and he still is, but having him play bad does not help Illinois. Mayor's body language to me was very bad. Um, there was a point where he was sitting way down at the end of the bench. So, I mean, I think there might have been reports on things happening between him, the coach and staff, or the players. I'm not sure. Um, they're already talking about it. I've already seen on Twitter and Everything maybe he's leaving. Maybe that's not bowling well for, um, you know, how is he going to mold with this team? How is it going with the coaches? Is he going to leave? You know, or, or any of that type of stuff. Um, Clark on defense struggled. He was getting backdoored. Um, the communication there was a lot of slips from Missouri that was getting them open. Um, Clark had zero points. Um, Melendez starter he had no points. Um, Shannon had it score a lot with 22 points, and a lot of those happening in the second half. Um, Eeps off the bench had 12 points. So just a lot of guys that you expect to play well did not play well. Where on Missouri's side, everybody was playing well. Um, Kobe Brown had 31 points. Hodge had 20 points. Um, DeGray the third had 10 points. And this is all their starters um, off the bench. Um, Goldston had 15 points off the bench. So 
just they couldn't miss a shot. Closeouts were bad. Um, the communication on defense, getting backdoored. Um, I thought in the first half, if Illinois kept pushing the ball, um, getting some fast breaks, that's what they were getting. You know, more open shots for their layups and everything when they settle and they're trying to, they're not moving on offense. So to get them moving as a full fast break, I thought what they could have done. Um, but Missouri just came out and played tough. Illinois didn't. And that's what it's going to come down to. And so a couple things I haven't been able to get on here and talk about Illinois basketball this year. Uh, me coaching, I can catch the games later. Um, some I don't get to watch live, I watch later. So if I do get to watch live, I don't get a chance to talk about it. Um, Coach Underwood had a press conference you know, not too long ago talking about Illinois' leadership. And I can't remember if it was a full-on for this team for the full season that he's talking about or if he was just talking about the specific game, and I believe it was Penn State, where he like – you know, did the fart noise with his tongue because he's talking. He got asked about leadership, and I don't know if the leadership was for up until that point. There was no leadership, or right for that game, there was no leadership. And he got and he got some criticism for that because the clip taken was about leadership from the players. But he also talked about himself. He said it starts with him. Everything starts with him. So to him, to his assistant coaches, to the players, it's all him. And so leadership does come from him. But he was talking about how this team, at least for that Penn State game, had no leadership. And he's worried about leadership in the locker room. He's worried about somebody stepping up. And maybe he thought Mayor would be that guy. Maybe he thought a freshman was going to step up and do that. I'm not sure exactly where. Coleman Hawkins, he probably was going to get to be the leader of being on this team before, Melendez. And tonight during this game, you saw – that on offense and defense, it just felt like it looks like Illinois. I mean, you could tell there's no leadership consistently. Um, but it just looked like they were waiting for somebody to take over. How we all kind of waited for Trent Frazier to hit that shot or do something on defense. You're waiting for Kofi to kind of do something. Um, you used to wait for Io to do something. And then once that happens, once they do something, then the whole team starts to do to to feed off of that. You, you you know, and I hope that makes sense. It just looks like Illinois was waiting for that to happen. And is that why they're standing on offense? Is that why the communication on defense isn't the best? And that could be true. Just from the outside looking in, from coaching basketball um, at the high school level for as long as I have being a part of not-so-good teams, good teams, being like the head coach and then not being the head coach. I've seen teams do that where it just feels like they're waiting for somebody to do something for them. They're not going out and doing it themselves. They're not going to go make that defensive stop. They're not doing it on offense. They're waiting for somebody to do it. And sometimes it's the coach. Sometimes he can say the right thing, give the right energy, and they're going to go out and do it. Sometimes it comes from the players. And it just feels like that's what's happening of leadership and somebody taking over the game. And I don't know if right now this Illinois team has anybody that's going to necessarily step up all the time consistently and take over the game yet because of how young they are. And that's the thing we have to remember is how young they are, what can be built throughout the year going through these experiences. This experience right now with Missouri can help when they start getting to Big Ten play to start clicking. 
Coach Underwood and his staff to figure it out and start clicking. So that's why it's not over. That's why we don't need to hit the panic button because of how young they are, um, how this team was put together. They haven't been together that long. They've been together in the offseason. Now, some have, but some of these players haven't. Transfer portal, they're young um, from recruiting. And they've been together in the offseason a little bit, a little bit in the summer. But they've played 12 games. And so to try to mold it and figure it out, um, is still going to happen. And so to me, it feels like that there's just nobody there that's going to take over like Io Sumu or Kofi to do something, Trent Frazier, you know, anything like that. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the problem with this Illinois team right now. And then the next problem is people really want to go after Brad Underwood with the leadership comment. And so ever since then, you're starting to see people on Twitter talk about Brad Underwood and his coaching ability. And I've talked about this before because a couple years ago when they won the Big Ten in the Big Ten tournament and then the regular season Big Ten, you know, when they they first won it with him, they weren't doing so hot during the middle of the season the next year and people were calling for his job. And I've had to tell people, like true Illinois fans, I guess is what I said on Twitter to somebody, which maybe that's not the right phrase not to say true Illinois fan, but – Remember where we came from when he took over this program. It wasn't in a good spot. Kind of like how Coach Bielma is taking over the football program. Are we going to start calling for his job next year? Are we going to start calling for his job if they lose the bowl game? Um, we have to remember where the program came from and the good things that he has done in building this up. And this is I'm going to talk about this again. All I saw tonight was I saw I got into it with people. And, you know, people were literally saying, like, what there was a tweet by somebody who writes claims to be an Illinois fan um, on Twitter and said, Brad Underwood should actually get up and coach for a living. At some point, he needs to be called out for his lack of game plan, uh, game in and game out. And my question is, what do you think he does? What do you think he does every day? You think he doesn't game plan? You think he doesn't go in with a plan against this team? The head coach is always going to take blame. Every coach is going to take blame. But if you guys want the real hundred with the coaching, it's it goes it's everybody. The coach has a game plan. He's trying to figure out how to get the guys to play. But at the end of the day, the players have to go play. The head coach is going to take the blame no matter what. You see him coaching. He's been coaching his ass off since he got to Illinois. But then we think now that we've won a regular season Big Ten. We've won the Big Ten tournament. He's getting the program trying to get to where it's consistent. We're 8-3 and three while the game's going on. We're number 16 in the nation, and we may not be right now, but I'm just saying at the time, we're seeing that type of stuff. You're seeing tweets all over the place. Then people are like, well, put me into coach. I know what I'm doing. And to me personally, people that don't coach sports can know the sport. I've you know, need to really realize that. Um, But tweets like that are ignorant because if you are an Illinois fan, you could be frustrated. You could sit there and say, Coach Underwood's got to figure this out. People say he got outcoached. Okay. To me, it looks like a lot of effort. Well, how do you get effort out of the players? It looked to me like he was doing everything he can. Maybe he's trying a different approach of, like, not always yelling. Now, the second half, he started to do it. The first half, he... It's kind of trying to let them figure it out. And so this going after Brad Underwood thing needs to stop because as Illinois fans, we have to remember where we came from. 
And some of you fans now that are tweeting things like that, if you've been an Illinois fan your whole life, you need to go away. You need to just say, I'm not going to be an Illinois fan anymore. You need to resign. Go be a fan of somebody else. Because us Illinois fans that probably with you as well went through the muck. We've seen the highs, you know, where we went to the national championship. Then throughout the year, we might see a little bit better than we've been down. And then it's been really down where we came from and what Brian was trying to build. And it's taken slowly because Illinois all of a sudden became a place where maybe you couldn't get certain recruits there. Now he's trying to be able to get that there. Same thing with Coach Bielma. But now, who are you going to go hire? I even had, I said that in a tweet, and they said, oh, so you admit that there's probably coaches out there better than Coach Underwood. And maybe there are. I don't know. But if you got rid of them, who are you going to go get? We need to realize we have it pretty good right now. Illinois is on the stage where people are talking about them. It's pretty good. Now they just have to continue to figure out how to win. They've got to figure out how to keep it rolling. And so the ignorant things that you guys say just needs to stop. Quit saying that he's this horrible coach because could could we, as people that maybe say that, jump in and do it ourselves? Me, who has been coaching high school sports 13, 14 years, I'm not telling you I'm going to hop in there and do that at all. And what do you mean he sucks? Are we 0-12? Have we not won a Big Ten? Have we not beaten good teams? It's basketball. You can't just say, Coach Krzyzewski's had bad years. Coach Calipari has bad years. These coaches coach longer. Tom Izzo has had bad years and has gone through things like this. So these other coaches have done it. So why, as Illinois fans, all of a sudden, that he's had some success, we've seen it, now all of a sudden we think we are up here and we can start saying those things. But I, those people, you just won't understand. And I don't. you don't need to be Illinois fans anymore. I've said this too many times on here, but it's just you don't get it. You just don't get it. These Some of you Illinois fans just don't understand and I don't know why you don't understand, but it's okay. It's okay. Go root for another team. We'll be okay without you. We will be right here like we've been. You know, I'll be here for the next 32 years like I have been, and we'll be okay. Um, and people thinking that age doesn't matter, it does. And the transfer portal is crazy because you're looking at an Illinois team that's very young. Brad Underwood is building this team – with the transfer portal and being young. And I think one thing that we're going to start seeing, and maybe he's going to realize it too, maybe he already has, I don't know. I would love to talk to Coach Underwood about it. Coach Underwood, the team that got built up to win the Big Tens, were built by recruiting, staying together, playing together. So it took that time for them to really gel, and that's how they were able to win get all, you know, really good players. And he's building this team right now with that same model with a handful of transfer portals, a couple of them, that are coming in. Then you see Missouri, who is just getting transfer portal recruits. And so with this transfer portal being the wild, wild west, maybe it's me and my – and who's been on this podcast a lot, and Coach West used to come on here and talk Illinois stuff. He even – he was – talking to me during the game and said the new way is probably to say screw freshmen because if you go recruit 
he, he mentioned like Wichita State or something where you will get these players that are actually pretty decent, that are going to play well, that are older, that are 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, these graduate transfers. You might as well just start doing that. Why would you recruit a freshman? Then in three years after they gel, then you start winning. What if you just go get older guys, have a Missouri situation, be under Coach Underwood, and start winning? That's what college basketball teams are going to start doing because of transfer pro because you can just transfer all the time. Because you're only supposed to tra- transfer, I think, once or twice. But the NCAA doesn't want to deal with lawsuits. They don't want to deal with anything else. They're just they're just letting people transfer. They're, it's just going. And if this continues with the name, image, and likeness, you're going to see these older basketball teams. And an older basketball team, more often than not, is sometimes better than having a pure young team. Now, once in a while, you're going to have a pure young team that can go beat older teams. You saw Memphis years ago. Um, you've seen the one-and-done type of things at Kentucky. can happen. But more often, you're going to have an older team that can withstand some of these things that you're going to see from other teams because they've seen it all. And so the transfer portal is getting crazy. And this team for Illinois is young. And the problem that might happen is if they can figure it out and keep both these guys together, that's that's what's going to happen. But when Coach Underwood was recruiting before, and you had Io DeSumo's and everything else, there wasn't the transfer portal they're just going to leave all the time. They stayed there. They melt. They trusted. Now the transfer portal this, with this young group, are they going to stay? And that's the next battle. You recruit them there. Now you got to keep them there, which is the next headache. And so it's just kind of crazy how you're seeing the transfer portal do that, what's happening to get this older teams in and everything else. Um, so that's what's happened there with Missouri versus and, and Illinois. So it's going to be crazy to see what happens with this transfer portal. But um, I think Illinois will be okay for right now. We cannot hit the panic button. Um, but it was sad to see the effort, uh, especially from a lot of players. I think, I think you could see a new – Starting lineup, a mixture up, maybe call, you know, Coleman Hawkins sits down, maybe different guys come in. He's going to try to find the best mesh of five out there on the floor. Um, and Coach Underwood, don't worry, you don't know me, but you're the coach, got your back, still rolling with you. Don't worry about these Illinois fans that don't know, uh, that aren't going to roll with you. They don't remember where they came from, they don't remember what it was before you got there. So, still rolling with you, keep going. Um, that'll wrap up this episode of the Coach Steve Show. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button on the YouTube channel, follow right on Apple and iTunes. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, thank you guys for watching and or listening. Uh, try to get his episodes as much out as I can. Um, and again, leave a comment in the comment section down below. Be a part of the conversation. Um, and remember, if you come at me in the comment section on Twitter, I come right back at you. So if you can't handle the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you don't got thick skin, don't say anything. Um, thank you guys for watching and listening. This is Coach Steve, and we will see you guys next time.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.